Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, the only podcast that has made Rashid Wallace cry. I am Jared Stormer of MazeandBrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of Maze and Brew. Andy, you delightful blend of Irish stew and American sinew. How have you been these past few weeks, brother? Been good, man. I've missed you. Not too much is going on, but we have some exciting pods coming up that we've spent hours, admittedly, prepping for. We've been so excited to just dig into the off-season nonsense of football. Love it. Yeah, we took some time off, but we're not taking time off. No. We're in the trenches. We're grinding film. We're out there. We're texting back and forth, shooting ideas, hot takes off one another. Um, that's actually not true. I was on vacation, and then you had internet issues, but we are back <laughs> after a hiatus nonetheless. And we have put some work into these upcoming pods, particularly tonight, uh, which we're both excited about, the Harbaugh-era draft. We just want to come up with any way we can draft things. Eventually, we're going to start drafting Murakami novels if we have to. I'm going to debate you over this one. This is better. This is, You see the character arcs. but <laughs> So this one's going to be a lot of fun, kind of some retrospective, talk about some of our former players, some favorites, some names we've forgotten. And the research for this was really fun. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's also a good exercise to kind of look at players past. And, you know, the Harbaugh era isn't that long, you know, coming into year six, if you want to count last year. Uh, but there's a lot of really good players that have come through here. And it's a good exercise to kind of look at, you know, the legacy of Jim Harbaugh. Just in case this is last year, we're not saying anything, not reporting anything. But, you know, start to look back with some graduation goggles in case it is. And, uh, yeah, comparing some of these players was a fun exercise. 
this is definitely the most enjoyable era to look back on since Lloyd Carr, easily, though. Like the so, That's true. Hoke era, grim. Rich Rod era, worse. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to hold a Hoke and Rich Rod era draft. <laughs> that would be fun, though. Really dig deep into the, the just the nonsense of it all. There'd be so many names that I forgot existed. Who is this? <laughs> I forgot Matthew Godin played here. Fitz Tucson, you made that up. Thou- thousand yards. Thou- I'll, I'll no. never forget Fitz Tucson's jawline. That man makes John Hamm's jawline look like he's Bluto. <laughs> Fitz Tucson's jawline or Ed Werner's chin. It's tough. I mean, those those two are basically two of the largest landmarks in all of Michigan. Yeah, I mean, if you're a walking Adonis, I mean, you just got to be recognized for it. You just gotta, you just gotta roll with it. Yeah, I mean, at points it, it's almost comical and looks like Quagmire from Family Guy, but it's strong. I wouldn't want any part of that chiseled jaw. Well, it's like Devin Bush had the quote unquote pony fade, which was just literally a dreaded mullet. Like it was awful, but it's Devin Bush, so you don't, you don't argue this. No, so it was glorious. It was perfect. Yeah, I, yeah, I would never change a thing about it. Exactly. Uh, before we get into the draft, though, a couple housekeeping things. We're not going to go too deep on the first one. The Brewcast guys have gotten into it, but uh, we haven't talked about it. And that's Mo Linguist took a job at Buffalo, short-lived, but uh, his fire burned bright while he was here, and now he's moving on to Buffalo. This is a bummer. I mean, he was going to be the co-DC and one of our key recruiters. It's not the end of the world, but uh, I don't I don't look at this and think like it's some sort of addition by subtraction type of thing. Would you rather live in Buffalo or Iraq? Uh, can i have a minute pakistan maybe uh yeah he wasn't there long enough to really make any lasting impact either way it's like i don't blame him for taking a head coaching job though i mean they're few and far between so good on him yeah it is a bummer for recruiting we're uh you know hoping for high big things from him and he was he hit the ground running when he first got there had two commits very quickly one of them decommitted the uh the kid from tennessee but yeah, I wish him the best there, and nice knowing you. I'll probably never discuss you on this podcast ever again. Yeah, best of luck living in Buffalo. Stay warm. Yeah, stay warm, bro. <laughs> uh, and then the other news that dropped today, Hunter Dickinson declares for the draft, which when you say it like that, and you know that's how people read it, it sounds like the end of the world. That is not the case in this situation. No, this doesn't matter at all. Read between the lines. He's getting a scouting report back and figure out, what he needs to improve on, holes in his game, what NBA scouts are looking for, the improvements they want to see from him, not hiring an agent. He's going to be back next season. This is just a way to better prepare him for next year. This is crossing your T's and dotting your lowercase J's. You should definitely do this. I would advise any kid that even is close and on the fringe to do this, and there's really no danger in it. You're not going to lose anything. He's going to figure out what he needs to work on. I, I'm knee-deep in these mock drafts for next year as a Pistons fan. He is not projected to go in the first two rounds, so that means he will likely get the advice, you should come back for a year. And if he does, I mean, the sky's the limit, and then we'll talk about the following year after that. But still needs to get better as an interior defender, an on-ball defender. Needs to get better at setting screens, staying out of foul trouble. Needs to get his right hand little bit more active um, instead of just that left shoulder and develop some range. So still a ways to go. A lot to learn in this this coming year. This is basically your company telling you everything you need to do in order to get a promotion. So you need to get promotion. You need to get proficient at these skills and then you'll get promotion. You'll get promoted to a new job and you're off. So that's all Hunter Dickinson's doing. Absolutely. This is the smart move. And uh, I expect that we'll hear not too long that he is coming back next year. Uh, all right. Before we get into this draft, like to take a moment early on here in this pod got to talk about home field apparel we've been with these cats for a minute now 
These guys out of Indianapolis, the most comfortable, affordable sportswear brand with the best selection. That's what I really like to touch on is the selection. Um, I get on there and I just, I go nuts. I start building my custom designs. I rock the t-shirt and the hoodie I already got from them. And it's absurd. I ordered and it's there in like two days. It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, probably a Michigan fan, so they got you covered there. If you're a fan of another team, that's okay, but you're wrong. Licensed apparel brand Homefield's got you covered, and you get 20% off your first purchase with MNB at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. All right, so the Harbaugh era draft. Been excited for this one for a while. We've done enough drafts on here. I mean, we've got more drafts on this podcast than a Wisconsin tap room, so you kind of know the deal here at this point. We're going to go back and forth with it. No real crazy rules. Uh, we def- I deferred to Andy for the first pick because he gave me the first pick in the spring draft. Uh, we tried to determine it based on the poll of the results of our previous draft, and it was split 50-50. So I'm hoping we can have maybe some, um, some similar parity here in this draft. We shall see. Probably not a draft someone really runs away with, though, when you look at the amount of talent that we're going to have available in this pool. No, it would be really hard for one of us to have just a more, way more talented team than the other, just because this is a pretty too deep team no matter what position you're at. There's only a few places you can really get a big advantage. So this is just more for us to go back and talk about it. And then next week, we're going to talk about the all-offense team, the week after all-defense team together, and really just put together the best collection of talent. But tonight's draft's fun because we're both competitive guys, and you know I really want to argue about how good Matt Godin is. So here we are. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to Jeremy Clark and Devin Gill. He's going to go deep on this. <laughs> Have you seen Devin Gill's eyebrows? The man can spot further than a hawk. <laughs> You think that doesn't help when he's out there trying to figure out the running back? He has eye black above and below his eyes. <laughs> that man knows where the play is going before the quarterback does. <laughs> yes, so that, that, this is the analysis you can expect from this draft. Yeah, we did our own work here. Um, that actually makes it sound like we didn't, but in reality, we did on this one. So I spent excited. two hours on Sunday researching 2015 players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be working for the last two hours the past two days, but I can assure you that I've been scouring the 2017 roster looking for some sort of advantage I can get. Grind and tape. Remember we shut out Northwestern? I remember. I remember. I remember what Shannon Stribbling did. <laughs> All right, brother. First pick in the all-Harbaugh era draft. Oh, what you got? I am taking, no surprise, Devin Bush at linebacker. It's a little bit of a surprise. It's uh, I think he's the best player. I think at a position group where he is a lot better than the second best linebacker, middle linebacker on this team, and he stands out. He makes any defense better that he's on. I mean, that's very upsetting. That is one of my all-time favorite players, and I deferred thinking you would go a different direction. I did not think you would go that direction, and uh, I thought I might be able to pull a fast one on you. So I wasn't being generous. I was trying to get one over on you. <laughs> I appreciate the strategy here. Uh, that is a tremendous pick. I mean, that is both of our probably favorite player are just right up there. Yeah, definitely up there. Pure impact. Yeah, he's mine. Uh, as far as pure impact on the field, don't know that you're going to find somebody else. There's a couple more guys that are really, really impactful. But that guy, every single time they had to game plan against him and the way that they were able to move him around the formation, I mean, just that Michigan State sack where, you know, the day after or the morning after cutting up the logo. That's Devin Bush is not my favorite Wolverine, but he's in the top three. And there's a funny thing where our top three or four could all be on defense in this draft. And um, but no, Devin Bush tearing up the field is my favorite moment in the hardball era walking away. 
Yeah, and he's my favorite player of the Harbaugh era. I wouldn't say walking away because my pick for number one is right there. Uh, if you're taking him, I'm taking the other guy that's far and away the best at his position, and then there's a drop-off, and that's Jordan Lewis at cornerback. Um, and we should mention that we are taking these players for this exercise at the peak of their Harbaugh powers. So you give me peak 2016 Jordan Lewis and, and let the let the balls fall away they may. Yeah. I'm shutting one of your receivers down. That's – 100%. That's same rationale for Devin Bush. The drop-off is so significant just from one to two there where you really just have to have him on the field. Like, he's just – you can't just be like, oh, man, I'd rather really have Lavert Hill. No. And like you said, it's peak of powers, J.D. This isn't like, oh, I'm getting him in 2014. No. This is 2016 one-handed Jordan pick. Yeah, that's the exact moment I'm taking him at. That locked in right there. All right. It goes to me, and I am going to go with – Strong safety. I'm putting him, I'm playing him at strong safety. Jabril Peppers. Smart pick. I kind of thought if you were going to go defense one, that would be the guy. I knew, I knew you were going to bait me because you know Peppers is my favorite Wolverine, but I was like, yeah. I'm trying to galaxy mine 3D chess you. And I'm just like, I think he's setting me up for this, but I know, I knew these were going to be the top three picks because I know us and I know the value of these guys. So it's like, all right, middle guy's going to probably get Lewis. So it's like, I got to come back with Peppers. I like it. That's a really good pick. He's, um, I mean, just what an absolute queen on the chessboard that he was. And if you're taking him peak of the powers, I'm guessing, obviously, the Heisman year. The Heisman, you know, finalist year. Yeah, it's almost like a mix of 15-16, because in that Durkin defense at 15, he was so devastating playing slot corner and safety. Yeah, I think I actually liked that iteration a little more. Yeah. Um, but he he was just all over the field in the in the 2016 iteration. So either way you take him, you're getting you're getting an absolute stud of a player. And those two on the on your defense, I mean the center of your defense, yikes. We're fast. We're, we're very fast. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Um, very good. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna zag here. I'm gonna zag. I'm gonna take Jake Rudock. Okay. That's it's happening. Um, I don't think this is a huge, huge drop off. It's not the drop off from Jordan Lewis to whoever your next highest rated guy is. Uh, but there is a drop-off. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Your next guy, I think, is probably Shea Patterson, and maybe it's just recency bias. Uh, Shea Patterson, I don't, I still just don't trust as a college football quarterback, even at the peak of his powers. Peak Jake Rudock against Indiana. I mean, I can, you can do something with that. Yeah, ab, ab, you know how I feel about Dad Rudock. Dad Rudock. Dad Rudock. We are both high on him. And this is, I thought it was going to go the other way. I thought you would take Rudock, and I'd be free to just load up on Lewis Bush. It's... It's going to be very interesting how all this plays out. But Rudolph is so fun. Just like, he just always kept plays alive. The Florida Bowl game, when he was just flat out gunslinger. Right, right. I mean, and that's when I'm taking him. Peak of his powers. And that drop-off is pretty big. That drop-off from there to, say, Shea Patterson, Michigan State. Okay, that's, I like that pick a lot. I am going to respond with, oh man, this is interesting. Um... Second best corner in my estimation at Michigan. I'm going to go with David Long here. I, I don't want to get stuck uh, with my. I can I'll get some. I can get some good, so a little bit depth there. But I really don't want to be debating Jeremy Clark and Lavert Hill for my last one. Sometimes like there's certain guys in there where it gets a little murky. I need a true number one, and that's what David Long provides. 
Right, I agree. And yeah, what you said there at the end, you can get one of those other guys, but do you want Stribling as your number one? That's... We never really saw that, and I don't know if I would want that, but David Long, that secures that you have a number one corner. So that's a smart pick right there. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with one where the drop-off is probably the most noticeable on the team. This is way too early for a tight Oh, end. no, no! He's one of my favorite players, and I'm taking Jay Booty. That's There's a huge drop-off. Outstanding pick, man. It was between David Long and Jake Butt for me. That was 100% what I was deciding. You, I mean, you probably made the right call, though, because then I'm grabbing long. Yeah. And you're in worse shape. Exactly. So that's what I did. I went over position of need, and you kind of forced my hand. I was like, I, I was like, oh, I have to do it. I have to do it. Excellent I pick. I think you did. Yep. I, I, I'm all right with where I'm going here. I think we're both going to end up being super happy with our team. Both teams are going to be outstanding, man. Like, there's not going to be, like, there's not going to be a loser here. No, no. Okay. Looking at my board here. The, the loser's going to be Wilton Spate when he's not drafted. <laughs> going to be very upset when he finds out. Spoiler, Wilton Spade's not getting drafted. <laughs> okay. Peak of your powers. Oh, man. There's just – you feel kind of spoiled looking around at some of these position groups because there's so much know, depth right? in some of them. Right. I am actually – all right. I'm going to kind of force – I'm staying on defense. I'm taking Dax Hill at free safety. You <laughs> – um i love this pick and that goes to show you because dax hill if you're just going stats i mean he can't really hang with metellus cannell correct some of these other guys but i mean it's it's quite clear just from what we saw briefly of dax hill that he is the most talented safety of the hardball era Pure it's safety. like the peak of his powers could be 2021 right yeah I, i'm thinking it will be i think the peak of his powers is the dax hill we're about to see so that's, that's that's a really good pick. it's a it's a fun one to play because we have seen him play this isn't like me just going i'm taking Braden mcgregor 2021 you watch <laughs> right right exactly um all right that's a really good pick i think i'm gonna have to stay on defense as well and uh, i'm gonna go with a guy once again i'm going kind of with the drop off and this guy peak of his powers maurice hurst in 2017 peak of his powers was one of the most like i mean it was it was indomitian sue level of disruptive and the pff numbers kind of supported that he didn't have the huge sack numbers but every single play he was disrupting the timing peak of your powers maurice hurst is a pass rusher so i'm getting a pass rusher in the middle that can also clog up lanes completely disrupt the timing of your offense he was a stud for Michigan, one of my favorites. Mo Hurst was your boy. He was absolutely your boy. And in 17, everyone knew the big jump was coming. His first step was so – that was evident in the Florida game that year. When Michigan took them on in Jerry World, he was just dominant from start to finish, fell in the draft, went to the Raiders, had some injuries there unrelated to why he fell in the draft. But now he's with the 49ers, and I think he could really have that second iteration and really capitalize on what we saw in 17 and 18. I agree. I have high hopes for him still as an NFL prospect. Okay. Well, since you got him, I am looking at my board here. He's off. He's off. Running back is such an interesting conversation because it's like Karan Higdon, most productive. Chris Evans, very versatile. Davion Smith, old reliable. Asan Haskins, we saw what he could do. True Wilson just randomly was just like always there in the mix. I'm not going running back. It's just a conversation. And I mean, here, if you really want to get weird, Blake Corum might end up being more talented yeah. than any of those guys. Yeah. Blake Corum is an absolute stud, man. I mean, it's, 
it's a very it's a risk to do that over like Karan Higdon. I am gonna. It's crazy. I'm. Oh, am I gonna do it? Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take offensive tackle John Runyon, left tackle. Oh, the first off the board. I've never loved anything more. I am. I'm taking Runyon. There's some movement. And there's interest. I'm, I'm really interested to see where people are. Where, where we're gonna play Mason Cole, but. At certain places, like you can get some, there's a little bit of depth at tackle. But I love John Runyon. At 2018, the middle of the season when he was at the peak of his powers, just a dominant force. That's amazing. Um, man, c- considering what we said about him after the Notre Dame game all this time ago, for him to be the first one taken yeah. in our redraft of hardball players, it goes to show the amount of respect that like we have and just people that watch this team have for John Runyon. I mean, he was out there every single game. He got better every single game. He's going to start for the Packers this year on one of the best offensive lines in football. Yeah. I mean, this dude just, the pedigree rose through, and yeah, I don't have enough good things to say about him. No, I love this and guy. I don't think he's the best offensive lineman in this draft by any means. I think he's top four, top three, but it's just the way the, the positions kind of fall in this. There's, there's chess pieces to move here. Yep, and he can move around a lot. I really like that. Um, Okay, for my next pick, I am going to stay on the defensive side of the ball for one more pick at least. And uh, I'm going to go with, I think, the best pure pass rusher that we've had as far as production and just like what he was able to bring. I know he's not as athletic as the other guys, but Chase Winovich was the mouthpiece of that defense. I mean, he was the heart and soul of that revenge tour. And, you know, the, the defense went as he went. And he found ways to impact the game. And he was a gamer. He was better under the bright lights. So give me Chase Winovich. And I'm, I'm going to feel just fine about the pick. <clears throat> it was between Winovich and Runyon again for me. Like, I I just, it was looking at time. He'd been sitting there too long. We love Winovich. Love the way he plays. Everything about him, though. That's outstanding. Easily a top three Wolverine for me in Hardball's hair. The revenge tour. Come on. Right. Okay. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay on the offensive line, actually. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Mason Cole. You, I, I, it was between those two. I'm gonna take Mason Cole. And I'm gonna play him at center, and he's gonna captain this. He's gonna captain my offensive line. That's a really good pick. That was actually my next pick, and I'm not just saying that. There's been quite a bit of that, which means we are thinking along the same lines. Uh, Mason Cole, Mr. Mr. All-American, Mr. Versatile, play anywhere on the line. He was Mr. Iron Man. Do anything for you. He'll be there every game. He'll play where you want him to play. Played left tackle for us, but he's probably better as a center or a guard. But, yeah, put him wherever. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's just a leader, too. Like, he's that Swiss Army knife on the offensive line. You can move him around different places. He's going to make an impact no matter what. He's just a stalwart, man. You can't go wrong with Mason Cole anywhere on your team. All right, I'm not going to let you take all the versatile guys because I like what you're doing there. So I'm going to take Graham Glasgow, another one of the guys that could play center or guard for me. I mean, the dude got absolutely paid by the Denver Broncos. He is a top 15 guard in the NFL and was one of our top offensive linemen. And, you know, he was great for Harbaugh, and I'm happy to take him here. So a little bit of a run on the versatile O-lineman here. And speaking of Glasgow's, I my team is going to run a 3-4. And I'm putting Ryan right in the middle of that one because the D-tackle drop-off, if you go take this Glasgow, I really don't want Willie Henry. No offense. So give me Ryan Glasgow at D-tackle. Yeah, you, actually there is an argument for Dwumfor. It is, but he was better at uh, he was better at Rutgers than he ever was at Michigan. 
Yeah, but he was good at Michigan. It's not like he was trash there. That's why when he transferred, I was like, really? You're going to play. True. He just had a problem staying on the field at Michigan. So give me the Glasgow consistency. Sure, sure. No, I mean, that's a better pick. I agree. <laughs> Wait, we'll get into Aubrey Solomon later. Come on. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, all right. I am going to go ahead and grab. Better give me. Give me. Oh, man, this is getting a little tricky now. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I don't want to do that. Give me Cesar Ruiz. I knew it. I knew he was going to come off. He's one of my favorites, and uh, I'm obviously going to play him at center. He is a true center. But you got Mason Cole there, so that means I can slide Glasgow. I mean, I could slide Ruiz too, but I'd probably slide Glasgow in this situation. And Ruiz, not the best first year with uh, with New Orleans, but I, I think he's going to be fine. When he was healthy, he was looking pretty solid for them. Yeah, Ruiz is a great pick, man. He's He could play guard or center. Again, he and Glasgow inside together paired up. That would have been a really fun tandem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm going to stay on the offensive line. I'm going to take Jalen Mayfield at right tackle. Mayfield, I like it. That is a strong pickup. One of the newer Harbaugh guys, but uh, went to Atlanta in the third round, I believe, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was third. I think it was the third round, and this is a guy with high upside, very athletic. I mean, he stoned Chase Young, so that was a lot of the reason that he got drafted was just that Chase Young tape. So, uh, yeah, great pick there. You're starting to build quite a devastating offensive line. Okay, uh, I'm not going to not have this guy. Give me the best wide receiver of the Harbaugh era. Give me Nico Collins. Yep. Give me Jay Booty and Nico Collins catching from Dad Rudock. That is – oh, I like that. That's uh, that's some sauce. That that is some sauce. And Nico Collins, obviously, you're going to take him. What was the big game? Was it Indiana? His big game. Uh, he had a couple big games, but yeah, I would probably take him against Indiana or Michigan State. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Nico Suave is the guy. Like, especially a red zone threat. You're big, especially on the outside with he and Jake Butt together. That is. Yeah. Oh man, that's fun. That's that's tough to cover. That is a lot of fun. Hill's got his hands full. Daxel does have his hands full. All right. I am going to stay. You know, I'm going to stay offensive line. Give me Ben Bredesen. Dang, dude. You are really going for it with that offensive line. I think this all stems back from our first draft when you let me get the whole starting offensive and defensive line. Like a Vietnam vet seeing palm trees. I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. Well, <laughs> Charlie in the tree line here, it, taking the whole offensive line. My offensive line is going to be stout. I can tell you that. I don't care who's throwing the ball. I might just take Dylan McCaffrey, Wisconsin, peak. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate that you can just take one game. <laughs> That's not how it works. You take it with the peak of their powers, but you get their like production. It's like, technically he time. was second string, but it was a really good play. All right, all right, okay. Well, uh, I'm going to uh, man, you're uh, you're putting me into a. Give me Josh Uche here to play one of my linebacker spots. Um, there's definitely a drop off after Devin Bush, but if you play Uche at linebacker, that drop off isn't necessarily as noticeable. He's not as fast. But Uche is going to bring some speed and some edge rushing to my defense and my linebacker core. Yeah, that's love Josh Uche. Our def, our, I love that you're going to play him at linebacker, too, where he was very explosive. He was better, yeah. All right. This is a very solid pick. Well, hell, might as well keep rolling. Mike Onwenu, other guard. You make me sick. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just want to hear you. I just want to hear you make an argument for Kyle Kayla starting for you. Well, now apparently he's gonna have to. <laughs> yeah, best of luck with that. <laughs> I really didn't intend to do this, just be a dweeb. But I'm just looking at this team, and I'm like, I can get value here, I can get value there, but it's like. Zach Zinter, ZZ Top. I don't know enough, like not to draft him over Ben Bredesen for God's sakes. Oh, I really wanted Onwenu. I thought you'd at least let me get him. No, when you went back to the defense, I'm like, all right, well, I'm just gonna just kind of, kind of stomp on him a little bit while I'm here. Fine then, Rashawn Gary. To hell with you. There you go. There you go. It's gonna be your defensive line versus my offensive line. Yep, Mohurst, Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, and Josh Uche. It's a lot of pass rushing. That is a lot, a lot of juice on the defense against a mammoth offense. <laughs> that is such a big O line. John Runyon, Ben Bredesen, Mason Cole, Mike Onwenu, Jalen Mayfield. I mean, that's an NFL offensive line. You could run that out. I'm not mad about this. No, you could run that out on an NFL team. All those guys are playing in the NFL. <laughs> All right. Well, while I'm here, let's go over and head. Let's take Taco Charlton at one of my defensive ends. Yeah, uh, I know you don't think there's as big of a drop-off there. And, I mean, if you're taking him at his 10-and-a-half sack season, you're, you're, you would be right in saying so. Taco Charlton was an absolute stud in his last year in 2016. Really didn't live up to it before then, but if you're just getting the one season to base it off of, that's a pretty good pick. He was he was tough to block and has had some moments in the NFL. Didn't he have a big 15 as well? Let me pull it up real quick here. He had an okay 15, I want to say like six and a half or something like that, and then jumped up to ten and a half. Uh, I could be making that up. You're, yeah, you're pretty right. close. 15, five and a half, eight and a half for loss. Next year, 10 sacks, 13 and a half for loss. Oh, 13. And, okay, wow, yeah. So that was close. Yeah, so yeah, those last two, once Harbaugh got there and he you know, was inserted more in a starting position, really took off. Right. So, no. Okay, um, go ahead and give me Ambry Thomas, please. Excellent pick. At your boy. Yeah, that's my boy, and I mean, it gets interesting when you think who the second guy is. There's an argument for Channing Sterbling, a pretty good argument here, yeah. um, but there'll be there'll be more defensive backs taken here. Um, Ambry Thomas, I think, is probably the next guy after David Long, but there's it's not a runaway. No, it's not. You get in that murky second, third, fourth guy here after Long and Lewis come off the board. There's, there's a significant drop, like you said, but no, very talented stud. You can if we're just talking like whole team, kind of like my peppers where you can use them as a returner as well. And he can be dynamic. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, offensive lines done. Um, I'm aware. <laughs> boring. What a boring first couple picks. I'm just going to go offensive line the entire first half of this draft. <laughs> you want to have fun. You want to win. It's like somebody yelled that at me one time as a child. Uh, all right. Let's stay. Let's go wide receiver. Give me uh Donovan Peoples-Jones here. Need need a true number one. Peoples had one of the most iconic plays of the Harbaugh era with the pose of, the, of Paul Bunyan against Michigan State. Never got as high as he should have at Michigan. Didn't reach the same highs as Nico Collins did the next year. But a very, very good player. Very good player. Underutilized at Michigan, as we now see with how solid he was as a rookie for the Browns. But if you're taking him at his peak, yeah. I mean, super athletic. There is an argument to be made. The next best after Nico might be Jehu or Amara Darbo, but I think that this guy pound for pound is way more talented than either. Yeah. And I think that his his NFL career is probably going to 
drive that point home. For me, it was Chesson or him. Like I, I like Darbo. He had the crazy BYU catch. Very good, reliable receiver, especially with Spate in 16. Chesson had the crazy 15-year. He, he and Dad Rudock had that chemistry together. And for me, it was between DPJ and Chesson. Yeah. Yep, I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. All right, go ahead and give me Cam McGrone as my starting middle linebacker. Um, you know, he really fell off a cliff this last year, but that last year was just rough for everybody. If I'm getting him at the peak of his powers, that's going to be against Notre Dame the previous year where he was an absolute machine. Looked like the second coming of Devin Bush. But getting this guy at the peak of his powers at this point in the draft, you could call a steal, but the recency of, of his last season maybe still a little bit too fresh on the tongue. That's that's a great point. It's I, At first when you said that, I was just kind of like, well, well, thank you. But the recency is that is what's sticking to me. And even like like the shades of like some of the 2019 years, it's kind of like, oh man, there was some some grossness there. But man, when he was on, he was on. And that's yeah. the point of this exercise. It's picking them at their best. And it was more than just one game or one possession. He had a few stretches there through 19 when it's like, he's going to be the next guy. But we just weren't expecting the regression for 2020. Right. And he's a guy that I could see being a better pro than he was a college player because I really think changing D coordinators and just, you know, the negative noise and then COVID, I mean, it would have been very difficult to get up for last year. So I, I think that probably played a role in Cam McGrone. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll assume that, you know, the bad years were, were the outlier and not that really great year that he had in 2018. So Okay. Not- um, take a break here. I mean, we are 12 picks through. We said we're going to pick a few key reserves in this and we're also going to pick kickers. So uh, I think now is probably a good time to take a, a halfway point break. When we come back, we got the second half of this draft, and then we're going to break this down and kind of talk about if there was anything that we learned from this exercise whatsoever, or if this was just dudes wasting each other's time, which fine by me. <laughs> Never. Never. All right, we'll be back right after this. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist. And if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Welcome back to Out of the Blue. We are doing the Harbaugh Era podcast, drafting it up to figure out who the best players of the Harbaugh Era are. We did the first half there. Pretty interesting go of it. 
you obviously decided that uh, it was important that you have the best offensive line known to man, an offensive line that could probably start in the NFL right now. So good on you, but uh, maybe a little short-sighted because I'm coming for you. It was, and I, I wasn't the jerk, and I didn't take, you know, certain players like Ryan Hayes or Grant Newsom just load up on all the positions there. It's like, well, you know, I guess have fun with Jawan Bushel Beatty at center next year. <laughs> I mean, you could get a win if you just did that. It would be the lamest thing ever, but then I could just draft all the quarterbacks and leave you playing, you know, Joe Milton or God forbid, John O'Corn. <laughs> John O'Corn though, closer to beating Ohio state than Jake Rudock or Shea Patterson. Very true, but I'd still probably play Jabril Peppers over him. 100%. 100%. Okay. Right. Yeah, let's do this. If I'm not mistaken, you are on the clock. The last pick that I had was Cam McGrown. And uh, yes, sir, you are up with the first pick of the second half of the Harbaugh era draft. Okay, so I'm going to go back to defense here. I have Devin Bush anchoring in the middle of my defense. And I want a, a solid linebacker next to him. Just a, a sturdy player. I don't need a game breaker because I already have that. I have options. I could go a bunch of different directions here, but I'm going to go with somebody that's not discussed very often from the 2015 team. I'm going to take Ben Gideon here. Mm, that is a surprise. One that I'm kind of happy we get to talk about him, first of all, because like you said, we just haven't talked about him since maybe our first year doing the pod. And even then, he wasn't a guy you talked about much, but then he goes to Minnesota and he's like, has a great breakout year. He's really started to kind of tapered down since that, but he had 14 tackles against Colorado, a game that I was at. I definitely remember that. Um, in 2016, he started all 13 games. He was a defensive player against the, of the game against Penn State, 106 tackles in 2016. So I'm assuming you're taking him that year. Correct. Correct. I, I, always, I don't know why I was remembering him from the Durkin defense. It's probably because that's where I first got exposure to him and wanted him to get more snaps. But, oh, yes, from that 16 squad. I mean, ben Gideon just – a very sturdy number two. So, I mean, I, I, I looked at Joe Bold. Yeah, I look, I mean, go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, four and a half sacks that you're not setting the world on fire, but you got Ben Devin Bush, so you're good. I don't need somebody that's going to just be super dynamic or anything like that. I said, I need a good run stopper, decent in coverage, serviceable. And what he's done in the NFL has proven he can handle that. Okay. All right, interesting pick. Maybe a bit of a reach, but I get why you would put him next to Devin Bush there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and probably follow suit after that pick. Um, I have Maurice Hurst, so I'm going to run a 3-4. And this should pretty much cement that because I'm going to run maybe the 2015 Durkin defense here. But I'm going to put Kalik Hudson where Jabril Peppers was. So I'm going to have a Viper. I'm going to choose the best defense that we had, and that was the, the shutout, the three-game shutout. Michigan 2015 team, so I'm running that defense with DJ Dirk, and Kalik Hudson is my Viper, and if you take him at his peak, that Minnesota game, he still has a big, or a Michigan record for tackles for loss in a game. Is it still a national record, too? Tied, I believe, unless someone broke it recently. Which is absurd. No, that 17 Hudson was good. He wasn't, hadn't been as figured out as much. He got exposed a little bit in the latter years, but 17 Kalik Hudson was great. And he's got the bigger body frame to be there and can be that versatile outside backer in your three, four. So no, I, I like that pick a lot. And again, he's a player that leaves a bad taste in your mouth because he wore, was it the snake shirt with um, what's his face on it in the Ohio state game before we got torched Greg Madison. Madison. Yep. So, I, I, that makes me like him more. Tom Petty. 
<laughs> I would have liked it more if he'd had a better game, but I still love, I, I still like the pettiness. That's true. He had the big offsides in that, but he also was blocked so many punts for us. That's what he does. It's a fair point. Okay. Coming back to me, I got DPJ late. I was torn between he and Chesson and torn no more. I'm going to take JU Chesson to play on the opposite side of Donovan Peoples-Jones here. Two of my favorite receivers from the Harbaugh era. I believe they're the second and third in any order of all the receivers listed. You got number one, Nico Suave. So I'm going to load up with two and three here. Give me peak J.U. Cheston in 2015. Talking Indiana game. Talking the kick return against Northwestern. That season, he was just an electric player. Super fast. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was the fastest guy on that team. We have recruited for speed more so now. But if you want a fast guy that also has production, Chesson is your guy here. You could make an argument for Ronnie Bell over him, potentially. Um, I have an argument for Cornelius Johnson, but the tape isn't there. You're going with a guy that both has numbers and showed it on the field. That's a good target for you for whoever you choose at quarterback. I love Chesson. Um, it gets a little tight in there after Nico Collins and DPJ, who your next guys are. So I have no problem with that pick. All right. Uh, my pick, you took Dax Hill early, who I didn't necessarily think you'd do because you seem to have really valued a lot of production up to this point outside of Dax Hill. That was one where you went with a little bit more projection. We have seen he's probably the best player on this current defense. So that was a good call. But I need a starting safety. I'm going to go back in time a little bit on this one. I really struggle separating our safeties after Dax Hill. <laughs> the names right there, we got DeMonte Thomas, Jared Wilson, you've got Josh Metellus, you got Delano Hill, you got Tyree Cannell, who was not that bad. He had a rough end to his career. And you got Brad Hawkins, who I think with another season could really rise above a lot of these guys. But there's just not that much separation. So give me, uh, give me the guy that was on the best team. Give me DeMonte Thomas. There you go. The guy you compete with women for in Denver as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's out there trying to hit on the same women I am at clubs, so that's a thing. <laughs> and you know, to pay your pay your respects to him, you're going to take him on your squad as well, so, you know. Yeah, I want him on my team. I get it. Let's let's team up instead of trying to fight each other. There's plenty of women in Denver for the both of us. <laughs> there are strength in numbers, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you know, might have gone a different direction here, but, you know, I respect that you like your guy and you took him. Yeah, so. yeah. I feel about Gideon, but that's all right. Exactly. So it's like one for one there. Little, little, little tit for tat. Little tat for tit. So, all right, coming back to me, I need another edge rusher. I'm going to be running a 4-3. Originally, it was going to be a 3-4. I've talked myself out of it with what's available on the board and where I see the value. I'm going to take Quiddy Pay at my other defensive end to play next to Taco Charlton. I was torn here. Could have gone... Chris Wormley could have even reached and gone Aiden Hutchinson here, but I feel really good with Pay, his ceiling, what we saw. He may have worn a bra one time at practice. You know, there's still some tape to look over like this, a Bruder film, but Pay ceiling and play him next to Charlton. Man, the all athletic defensive end team with Pay and Charlton. That's a lot of, uh, I mean, Pay's strength and speed with Charlton's reach and speed. I like that. I mean, yeah, those are two guys. Charlton's still in the league. Um, I've got Rashawn Gary and and Winovich going, so I've got the uh, probably the superior two, but that's not a huge drop-off to Charlton and Pay. You don't hate that drop-off. No, def- I mean, and Pay was but Pay and Gary the highest drafted of those two? Or I have two first-round draft picks. You have one, and then Winovich was or should have been a first-round pick. So, I mean, defensive end here is deep. Deep. Yeah, probably the deepest of this draft, honestly, where you feel like you're not 
missing out too much by waiting. No, so, this was easily the deepest position of the draft. Yeah, it was. I mean, not the, the deepest position that we have currently, but uh, yeah, when you look back on some of these names, a lot of NFL guys here. Yeah. Um, all right, with my next pick here, I think I'm going to I'm gonna zag a little bit. Um, and this is another one where there could be some debate on this pick, and some people might think that I'm way off here, but I'm going to take Hassan Haskins as the first running back off the board. I know Karan Higdon ran for a grand, and that was – amazing it was fantastic but i think it was because a lot to do with being on a better team i think hassan haskins at the peak of his powers there in revenge tour 2018 against notre dame is if i'm getting the best possible running back i can get that is game breaking ability that is tackle breaking ability that is one cut and i'm gone ability and i i think he's the best back of the hardball era his run was 19, though, wasn't it? 19, 19. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me, excuse me. Not Revenge Tour. It was, yep. It Year was after. Yeah. In Notre Dame, correct. In the rain. Yep. Oh, um, I could see where people are going to be torn on this pick because of Cron Higgins' production, but I'm I'm in complete agreement. One of the biggest Hassan Haskins stands you'll find. I think his his peak is still to come. We saw that. We just need to see a full season of it. Like, had he took over from Charbonnet late in 19. They kind of had divided that season up 2020 doesn't count it never happened so i think there's the best yet to come he's a stud he has very few reps as opposed to ha- uh Karan higdon and some others here but from what we've seen in him going to linebacker coming back fifth on the depth chart to first on the depth chart how can you not like us on haskins and it sounds like he's the guy this year against Corum and edwards who are absolute studs so if he's holding the top spot handedly against those guys that makes me feel more comfortable about this pick. Absolutely, man. Uh, Blake Corb, that's a whole other conversation coming later. Yeah, it could be. I'm interested. Okay. So I'm looking at my team here. I'm going to run the 4-3. decided on that. I need to add another defensive tackle. Michael Dwumfor, while off hurt, was solid. Brian Monet has a name that's more fun to say than his production indicated. Uh, Matt Godin, I could get my guy. Or I could just not be an idiot and take Willie Henry from 2015. That's what I'm going with. Willie Henry, 2015. There's a throwback. It's a um, mass, massive humanity. The guy has his own solar system. He definitely does. That is an early, early spot for Willie Henry due to his production. But Willie Henry wasn't a guy that had like a big season. He had big games. And when he had a big game and when he was on and engaged, like good luck. It looked yeah. like an NFL veteran out there with other guys. I mean, he had a play where he flattened a quarterback where I actually just felt bad for the quarterback. I didn't even cheer. I was like, oh, oh Willie Henry murdered that man. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm taking Willie Henry, capable of murder on the field. And even if he's bad, he's still a massive human being that's as wide as he is tall. So he's going to take up space and just claw gaps. And, and a 4-3 with a D-tackle like that, I'm just happy with that. Okay. All right. Well, uh, again, I think maybe a little early. I guess you already have Ryan Glasgow, right? Correct. There could have been an argument here for Dwumfor. I know Dwumfor was better at Rutgers, but he was he was serviceable at Michigan too. He was serviceable. Never oft injured though. That's what concerned me. And I've seen Willie Henry kill somebody. I've never seen Dwumfor <laughs> kill anybody. That's true. All right. So a little bit of an upside pick here. Um, okay. I uh, I think I maybe need to to correct a little bit on my Diamante pick. Not correct. I liked it. It was just like more picking a guy I liked. So I'm going to go with another guy I like that I think is better, and that is uh, Jared Wilson. He was there for the 2015 season. He's had a long career in the NFL ever since then. Um, 
probably a guy where his stats don't look as good because he was on a Brady Hoke defense for most of his career, but was really solid for Harbaugh in 15 on a great 2015 team. And yeah, I mean, we obviously were wrong about this guy and evaluating him due to his NFL uh, career. So this is one where, you know, the what he did after the Harbaugh era plays into it, but it's not taking away from a really solid career, especially in 2015 for Jared Wilson at safety. So Diamante Thomas and Wilson will be my safeties going with that early Harbaugh safety tandem. Excellent pick. That is Jared Wilson's a guy that got better in the NFL, but he was always just very forgotten when he was at Michigan, but never did anything wrong. He was fine. Good enough to get drafted. Yeah. Good enough to stick around in the league too. So that 15 defense is very underrated as time goes on, but kind of behind the shadow of that 16 squad, Jared Wilson, you go back and watch. It's like, he just kind of continually pops up. It's like, Oh, Jared Wilson just made another play. Oh, Jared Wilson didn't hold on this play. Oh, Jared Wilson didn't get burned here. Just yeah. over and over again. And we share a name and he spells it the correct way. <laughs> you got to respect good phonetics, you know? Look, and I do above all else and good hair. And good hair. Very true. Okay. <laughs> well, if there's one thing you have, it's good hair and mild takes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Coming back to me. I need to address the running back in the room. We had the we had the discussion already. I'm gonna go with the most productive running back under in the Harbaugh era thus far. First one to break a thousand yards since Fitz Toussaint, and that's Karan Higdon, a bell cow. You and I saw him in person a few times. Nebraska game stands out where he was just taking over early, and you could have the conversation with Devonte Smith. And there's a bunch of running backs here, but we had this conversation off air before about how Hassan Haskins and Karan Higdon can take over games. Devontae Smith was never taking over games. And this is an easy pick for me. You got my guy, and I don't feel like I'm dropping off too much by taking Karan Higdon. That's a good pick. And running back is a position where I could sweep it, like swing in and take another one. So you really don't want to be left with Devion Smith. Not that that's a bad thing, but that's a drop-off. Correct. Between Haskins, Higdon, and then to Smith. Like at that point, you may as well take a swing on Corum or somebody like that because, and I do not have any negative things to say about Devion Smith. When he ran out of that pack at BYU, I'm pretty sure like the world ceased to exist and particles were rearranged in the universe when that happened because it didn't make any sense. I still don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it either. And then he stiff-armed a man into a different dimension. Like you're going to have to find Doctor Strange in order to figure out what that BYU defender is. It was amazing. But... That being said, that was kind of a one-game thing, and as an overall back, not elite speed, definitely a good tackle breaker, but really not as great at seeing the hole either as either of these top two guys, so I think you made the right call here. Davion Smith is a C-plus everywhere. That's basically what he is, and we took the two game breakers. He's a C-plus everywhere except for breaking tackles where he's a B-plus. <laughs> Not going to fight you. Just for that run alone. You're right. For that run alone, the dude could definitely take a hit and keep going. Like, he had the heart. I like that about him. But Would you rather try to tackle Davion Smith or Hassan Haskins? Mm, probably Hassan Haskins. I'm not doing it to either, but I think Davion Smith might kill me. Hassan Haskins is going to hit me once, give me a kind of a, a little shift to the left, and his hips are just going to be explosive, and I'm not going to have any idea what happened. Davion Smith isn't going to try to move. No, Davion Smith's going to make sure that he hits me. <laughs> That's, it would be, it'd be ugly. Yeah, okay. All right, we're in complete agreement there. All right, man, it's back to you. All right, Higdon was your pick. Um, I guess I have no choice but to fill out this offensive line here at some point. 
Let me, who's the next one off the board? Give me Ryan Hayes. Uh, give me your boy. You, this is the guy that you've been high on for a while, and you talked me into it. I didn't need too much talking into it. I think this is a guy with high upside. This is a guy that if there is a dude that's going to rise this year from like not talked about to high draft pick, I would put him right up there. Stuber's probably another name. Performed well under less than ideal circumstances. He's 6'7", converted tight end, very athletic. And, I mean, to come right in like that and to not miss a beat, I think Ryan Hayes is a very solid tackle, and his best football is in front of him this year. Ryan Hayes is a stud. Again, 2020 doesn't count. 2021, he is going to be one of the three best players on this team if he stays healthy. He's That's a hot take. I like that. I, I'm going to ride that. I'm going to ride this one. Have to take Hill, Hutchinson, Hayes? Yeah, not gonna, yeah in, in some order. I believe those three Ooh. are the best on the team. That's a take, and I love that take. Yeah, something with H names, man. Something with those right, H names. All right, the uh, the three hounds of hell. Triple H. Yeah, the Triple H, <laughs> yes. The hounds of hell, let's go. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Hayes converted tight end, super athletic, man. Now, this is a stud pick, and as much as I wanted to just sweep in and take him and, again, load up the tackle position, it's like, yeah, fill out a starting team here. Don't need that much depth. Right. We are doing reserves in this draft, just two of them. So you could theoretically do that and absolutely ruin my life. But I mean, there is a drop off from Hayes to Cole. Like, I think you said you're playing Cole at tackle. I'm playing Cole at center. I've Runyon Mayfield. Center. Runyon Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a drop off. There's not. We'll see the drop off from Runyon to Hayes. We'll see about that. Yeah, that's it's. I'm not against it. I said I've ridden for Ryan Hayes thus far. I'm not going to fight it now. Okay. Uh, coming. Coming back to me, I reached a little on Willie Henry. I needed him. So I I, I could take a third receiver here, and I think I'm going to do it. I love that there was a little debate here about who you're going to take between Ronnie Bell, Darbo. There's guys going around. I'm going with Amara Darbo. Just very solid. Had a big year in 16 with Wilton Spate. 15 was a good complimentary guy to Chesson. Kind of took over the number one role that next year, as I alluded to. The one-handed catch against BYU, just the game-winning catch against Wisconsin in 16, just say less. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, there is a debate here. This isn't something that's a runaway. But Darbo, that BYU catch, and at the peak there, he was catching everything thrown to him. Very sure hands, um, much like the guy we were kind of debating here, Ronnie Bell. Very sure-handed is Amara Darbo, and his peak season there, I think you mentioned it, 2016, him and Chesson were two of the best in the Big Ten. So now you're rolling with Chesson, Darbo, and DPJ, correct? Correct. Okay, I got no problem with that. That's solid. That's a good mix of speed and playmaking and possession. Okay, uh, good pick with Amara Darbo. I just went with Ryan Hayes. Um... You could come in here. You could theoretically come in and take him, so I'm not going to let him get another pick. Let me get Ronnie Bell. I think that him and Darbo are very comparable players, and another big season is going to put Ronnie Bell ahead of Darbo. So I actually have Bell ranked ahead of Darbo on my list, so I'll take him here and, and be happy with the pick. And he'll probably play in the slot for me with who I've got thus far, but we'll see. I mean, he's six foot, so he could play on the, on the outside. Ronnie Bell's very versatile, and I think he gets drugged through the mud too much because of the drop against Penn State. But he's proven, yeah, proven to catch everything else. He's very sneakily fast. He's super athletic. He should have 15 more touchdowns as much as he gets tackled inside the five yard line. It was very tough for me to take Darbo over him. 
And Ronnie Bell is another guy that's had two very solid seasons, and he could still have a better one this coming year, even if he's not the true number one behind Cornelius Johnson, possibly. Right, right. Another name that I tossed around there. But yeah, I think when it's all said and done, we're going to look at Ronnie Bell's numbers and be like, oh, wow, he's kind of an all-timer, isn't he? Yeah, so excellent pick. Coming back to me, man, I had a lot of trouble making this pick, similar to how you did with the safeties. And it's, I'm going to add another corner here. So there's some names out there. There's Channing Stribling. I could even think about converting guys. I could go Delano Hill. I could think Jeremy Clark. A lot of, a lot of people here. Everybody's got their flaws out of position. I'm going to go with Channing Stribling. Is Bird Hill still out there? For good reason. <laughs> Just, I, yeah. Yeah. So is, so is Vincent Gray. So, you know, if you want to go there. I don't. Channing Stribling. He is allergic to tackling. He's a liability in run in run stopping, run support, but he is a typical, prototypical number two corner. Very, very, very sticky in coverage. I mean, say what you want about him stopping the run. He's kind of like a he's like Greedy Williams, but he's diet. He's like the diet version of Greedy Williams. Great in coverage, but just does not want to tackle at all. Just if you're gonna play him out there, good luck throwing the ball his direction. I love it. So we had talked about, uh, we're probably going to talk a little bit more about this pod in the, in the coming ones. We'll mix it in with some other stuff, but I would love to compare Channing Stribling, David Long, and then like some of these other guys with like amount of times targeted and stuff, because you're absolutely right in that Channing Stribling is underrated in coverage. I don't think people realize how sticky he was at like six one and like 185, if I remember correctly, I don't have his stats right in front of me. But to be as sticky as he was next to Jordan Lewis and David Long and some other guys, I don't know if he played next to Lewis too much. Uh, in 16, they did. Yeah, in 16, they did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but he definitely played next to Long. And as a number two corner, him and Long, I mean, we saw what that can do. Like, we've seen that exact pairing. So that's pretty solid. Um, I'm definitely going to run around the edges at him. Yeah, he led the team in – Pass deflections and interceptions on the 16 squad. He had 12 pass deflections and four picks. Yeah, he was a problem to throw against. Yeah, and didn't get the the recognition that he deserved. But yeah, I'm fine with that pick. Um, I think that's going to maybe influence my next pick. Some of this is maybe uh, correcting for the Diamante Thomas pick that early. I don't know why I picked a guy just because we uh, once vied for the attention of the same woman. But Diamante Thomas is fine. But this is a guy... I kind of labored over it because I was like, the numbers don't really show it, but I saw it, and that's Jeremy Clark. I saw what this dude could be, and his best game was against Colorado in 2016. He led the team, or he didn't lead the team in tackles. That was actually your boy Ben Gideon led the team in tackles. Uh, But he was number two with six and had a pass defense, and I mean, he had a couple interceptions that year. He was coming on in 2016, got injured against Penn State, was done for the year. Still got drafted because people saw what I saw, a 6'4 corner that can cover and run. And his career is like Devin Gardner's or Willie Henry's and that it's a big, big what if. And I like Jeremy Clark's versatility. I could maybe mix him over at my corner. This might be a reserve pick here that's a little early, but I want him on my team. I love this pick, man. Jeremy Clark is a guy just always thought was going to be it. Like he had everything else going for him, but just unfortunate luck I was torn between he and Stribling here so I I understand you reacting with this kind of pick absolute stuff man like you said the size is what does it for us you see that and you're just like oh yeah 
I, I need this guy on my team. I need him out there. So excellent pick. Yeah, between he and Stribling, it's very, very just it's tough, man. You're the more proven one. But like when I look at Jeremy Clark, I was like, dude, could this dude have been Richard Sherman if he didn't get injured? Like, clearly that's what they were trying to do. He moved over to cornerback late. Like he only started playing there in 2015. Like I think he played 13 games that year, but didn't play much at corner. And then he was full corner in 2016 and at times was like, looked like the number two guy behind Lewis. So yeah, it's tough, man. But I, I don't hate the stribbling pick either. Okay. Moving back to offense. We've talked about your boy, talked about him a lot off air and I'm going to do it to you. I hate this. I had to do it. When we started the draft. I taken one of your guys. I'm taking Giles Jackson. You sick, sick man. I, I, you- Foul beast. I have three receivers. I don't have a true slot. Giles Jackson, so versatile, can play all over the place on offense. So I got to take him here and insert him inside or just be a nice reserve receiver for me. Oh, that's nice. Because I was going to say, like, I'm not too frightened by Chess and Darbo. Uh, DPJ obviously is a problem. But now you've got DPJ and Giles with two really good possession guys. That's a good mix. That's a good balance. That guy was about to be on my team. So yeah. good. I was about to sneak one in on you. Like, I bet you forgot about Washington's Giles Jackson. Oh, Washington's. I know. Yeah, we're going to see him against Michigan. And something tells me he's for sure housing one. I I hope we hope we boat race that team. Just a nice 30 burger would be good. Although this is the team that just beat Rutgers in triple overtime. So it is. But this is going to be a different team, baby. I'm telling you. There's that optimism. There he is. Hey, look, look, I got to have something, man. What do you want from me? All right. Uh, good pick with Giles. Ah, Dan, dang. Okay, well, I guess I better just fill out the rest of my offensive line. I could go back with uh, a Kyle Kalis, I suppose. But uh, Eric Magnuson. Let's go. Magnuson. It's a strong name, but that's it. And like a horrifying man to look at. Or what was the other one? Ben, um, the other Ben. Ben Braden. Ben Braden was a scary looking dude who had a couple good games, but give me peak Andrew Stuber. Cause I think Andrew Stuber is in his peak. And if you remember, we put this guy out at tackle before he got injured and then other guys rose. So he moved into guard, but this guy is an undisputed starter this year, meaning he's versatile. They like him a lot. And with his size, I mean, he's massive. If he's as good as they say he is and as good as he's looked on tape, this is another guy that could be a, a just another in the line of Michigan offensive linemen that play in the NFL. I'm high on him. Um, obviously it's a drop off from Onwenu to Stuber, but that's who I'm taking. I like the pick, man. Andrew Stuber is also six, seven. He's overcome adversity in his career, moving around the line. He has quick feet for his frame, which is very surprising, but no, you can't go wrong with this. And again, this is another guy that could have the best is yet to come similar to your Ryan Hayes pick. We're hoping so. And if that's the case, I mean, Hassan Haskins is a shoe in for a thousand, baby. God, just injected into me. Okay. This, this hurts. Like this, this, where are you going? Quarterback? No, this, this hurts though. Like there's a, such a drop off in this group and you kind of screwed me into it earlier. Cause I really wanted to do uh, it to you. Uh, and there are names here. I'm going to go with the most proven one. He had a seven catch game, had a hundred yard receiving game, which is very rare for any Michigan player. Pull up, check the stats. Promise you that it's it. six, seven Zach Gentry at tight end. I, 
it's he's better than Nick Eubanks. He can catch the ball, which Sean McEwen can't do. Uh, Nate Shanley, no, I'll I'll pass. Luke Schoonmaker still in college. Uh, Ian Bunting's in a ditch somewhere. So I'm left with Zach Gentry at tight end since you took Jake Butt. I'm not taking Khalid Hill. I'm not taking Tyrone Wheatley Jr., who went from tackle to tight end to tackle. Devin Asiasi had a cup of coffee. So Zach Gentry it is. <laughs> I thought about taking this guy just to be like a dick because you could run a two tight end set with Gentry and Butt. But this is the biggest drop-off on the team, and I don't think it's a debate. Like, of all the names that we've said, there's never been a guy, like, even with Rudock, who I drafted early, like, that's not as big of a drop-off. It's a drop-off, but this is a fall-off of a cliff. Yeah, this is like, Jordan Lewis to David Long is not this. Devin Bush to Cam McGrone is not this. This is devastating. Like, the the just the way it drops off here. So, yeah, Zach Gentry, it's career's kind of murked by the drop pass against Ohio State, but very, very good tight end for Michigan. Not Jake Butt, because nobody is, but better than the alternatives. Uh, And we'll talk about this in one of our follow-up pods about what this says about the Harbaugh era, but this should definitely be a reflection on the Harbaugh era. Remember when we hired him and they're like, tight end you, baby. And Eric All couldn't catch a cold last season. That was a thing. And Eric All literally, if you put super glue and you ran it up and down his hands and placed the ball in his hands, it would fumble out of it last year. And I mean, he'll have a bounce back year because you have to do better than zero catches. But <laughs> like literally when Harbaugh came, he was like, Hey, look at, look at these guys at Stanford. Hey, look at what he did at San Francisco. Like this is going to be tight end you. And it was Jake Button and it fell off a cliff. God, Jake Butt was so good. He was so good. So, yeah, that's why I took him early. And, uh, yeah, I figured there wouldn't be another tight end for a while. So that was accurate. Um, All right, my next pick. Probably should have taken this guy earlier. um, And I forgot about him until halftime when you reminded me of him. And that's Grant Newsom, who at one point looked like the heir apparent to the next great left tackle at Michigan until he had a devastating knee injury, almost lost his leg, still stuck with the team, was an absolute favorite of the team. Seems like just a great dude and like looked like a future first round NFL draft pick. So in this exercise, if you're taking them at their peak, then yeah, give me Grant Newsom. I, I, I think that's the pick here. Grant Newsom, man, is I, see, I believe he's still coaching because he was on the Michigan coaching staff for a while. I don't know if he's still with the program or not, but Outstanding player, starting left tackle of the 16 team before he went down. And it's crazy what that team had to endure as far as injuries at corner and at left tackle. Now, Grant Newsom, a complete stud, often forgot about because his peak was half a season. But when he was there, he was dominating. Dude, the thing about Grant Newsom that I haven't thought about since we started this podcast, and that was a thing that happened, that really set this team back and like changed the trajectory of this team. He was the next heir apparent at left tackle. And if you remember for a while, it wasn't defensive tackle that we said we needed to get. We were like, we have got to figure out this left tackle position. But we had that, and then Newsom went down. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm happy to get him here since I'm getting him at the peak of his power. Short-lived, unfortunately. Yeah, right now you're going with, like, uh, some all-injury picks with Jeremy Clark and Grant Newsom. Correct, yes. Yes, I am. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, coming back to me. <sighs> Man. This this sucks. You talk about a short room, as far as you're talking true linebackers, a short list here. So some players remaining, Mike McRae, who shares an Instagram with his now wife, 
uh, <laughs> you don't like that. I, not a fan. If you ever start doing that, this podcast had a good run. So just remember that. I won't. James Ross, uh, Josh Ross, Joe Bolden, Desmond Morgan. There's some names out there. These are people. Noah Furbush, smarter than all of us combined. Those are certainly people. Great hair. Yeah, they are. And Josh Ross left a bad taste in my mouth last year. Had a nice ceiling, but it was really brief. Uh, James Ross, I, I don't remember as much about, which I think says a lot to him. So I need somebody just to be good on the run. It's a 4-3. We're going to be a little beefy in there. And I'm going to add Joe Bolden to the other side of Ben Gideon. This is more of a personal preference. I like Joe Bolden a lot as a complimentary linebacker. I think he'll play well next to these two in my team. And I just can't reach on Noah Furbush here, and he's more of a rotational guy. And everybody else, I just have some big uh with. Everybody on this list is kind of eh, but he's a little less of a eh compared to the rest of them for me. Interesting. I This would be a point where I may swing for uh, Junior Colson. I mean, because you're going to have some issues here with Ben Gideon and Joe Bolden being asked to drop back into coverage. That's who are the starting linebackers on the 15 squad is a real question. What's that? Who are the starting backers on the 15 squad? Bolden, Desmond Morgan, and James Ross? Hey, we held our own. Yes, we did. Yes, we did, I suppose. But, I mean, I'm going to know how to attack this team for sure. And that's, yeah, crossing routes and stuff across the middle. Like, because Devin Bush can't blitz every time. Devin Bush played with Mike McCray, who, again, shares an Instagram with his now wife. Look, I mean, that shouldn't knock him as a player as much as I agree you should never do that. Like, I think we're getting off topic here. Just I'm like, just... oh, you picked Joe Bolden? He raises a garden of tulips and has homing pigeons. I'm sticking to the fact. At least he still has his independence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and homing pigeons. Yeah, independence. <laughs> I have no way to prove that Joe Bolden is, is harvesting homing pigeons. But I like this theory. Oh, well, it's something. All right, that to me is a reach. I would have gone with somebody else there, but that's all right. Um, okay, my next pick. We're getting into reserve territory here. It's time to, to wrap up. Uh, oh, no, I need a I need a third wideout. Yes. Um, yes, I do. Um, give me Cornelius Johnson here, a guy that I thought about taking ahead of some other guys. This is a bit projection, a bit we've seen it. And much like when you saw it the year before with Nico Collins, where you're like, oh, yeah, it's coming. I see it coming with Cornelius Johnson. I feel pretty confident about taking him here. I know you have more numbers with your guys, but I think that Cornelius Johnson's about, he's the number one target this year. He's going to a big year. You know, I hope you're right. <laughs> like, that's all I can really say to the Cornelius Johnson pick. We just really haven't seen much from him. Like maybe this year he should be the guy he's got this frame. What is he? Six, four, I believe. Uh, he, I think a little smaller. I think six, three, six, two or six. Three. All right. Six, three. How many catches does he have in his career? Do you know? No, but I mean, I can get it for you in two seconds if you... He has 20 catches. So last year was a good indicator for what you want because he had 16 of those last season with 254 yards and three tutties. So definitely trending in the right direction. I see what you're basing that off of now. And next week, you know, when we're we're filling for content, it's off season. We're going to break down some of these numbers and try and make sense of what they actually mean. Because, yeah, Jeremy Clark and Cornelius Johnson have shorter seasons to work with. So we're going to extrapolate it a little bit and see what that means. But I'm high on the dude. And I I, I don't hate this pick. This makes more sense than Roman Wilson, too, because Roman Wilson had more of the chemistry with Joe Milton. 
and Cade McNamara seems to have it with CJ. So no, I see what you're going for. I I could see the argument for Tariq Black here with his short-lived ceiling there, but Cornelius Johnson's still coming into his own. I like what you're doing. Yeah, give myself some leeway because Tariq Black's not playing football anymore. Maybe ever. <laughs> okay, I I have a spot to fill out, but I'm actually going to go reserve here. I'm going to take Chris Evans. I need to add a little more dynamics to this offense. I had Darbo Chesson, DPJ, added Giles Jackson for the spark, and now Chris Evans really gives me that change of pace back that can also do some damage out of the backfield. That's a good one. I really thought about that, especially after you took Giles. I was like, I don't want him to have both those shifty guys that can kind of leak out of the backfield. So now you got both of them. That that's nice. That gives you a little bit more punch to make up for Darbo and Chess and maybe not being game breakers. So now you've got three guys that can blow it open for you. That's that's a smart pick there, even if he was a reserve for you. Um, okay, let me grab a reserve that I think you should have taken over Joe Bolden. I know there's a bad taste in your mouth, but give me Josh Ross. At one point, we said this is the hardest hitting dude on the team. He might still be that, and I'm getting him at his peak, which his peak is. I mean, he hasn't really had a whole season that he's strung it together. I mean, that would probably be what twenty eighteen. We're split. We're just gonna. You're splitting hairs here with guys. That's the problem I ran into with Bolden. It's like, who you going with here? You're weighing these options here, and with Josh Ross, you get somebody that's hard hitting and doesn't share an Instagram. <laughs> so nobody's taking Mike McCray because the Instagram thing. I'm not taking Mike McCray because he was an absolute liability in coverage, more than Bolden or Ross. Exactly. So that's why Mike McCray's on the board, and I can't criticize this pick too much because for me, it was between Joe Bolden and um, Josh Ross, and Desmond Morgan a little on down the list, but those two are the guys I was really debating over. So, no, I like your pick here. Okay, fair enough. Okay, coming back to me, I need to fill out my team of starters with a quarterback. I want to get cheeky and take take uh, run DMC, take Joe Milton's peak of three and a half quarters of Minnesota. <laughs> okay, but let's you not take the whole season though. Honestly, you the best part of their whole season, you get kind of like the average of that season. So it's like the real debate here is the best of Wilton Spate in sixteen versus the best of Shea Patterson from eighteen and nineteen, and yeah, or the best of Cade Mack. <laughs> the best of Cade Mack. There's a debate here, but give me like give me Shea Patterson, Michigan State 2019. Just obliterated that team. Big numbers. And as much flack as he gets, he was the second best quarterback of the Harbaugh era. So don't need to overthink this. No, I think doing anything else would be trying to get cute. Yeah. Uh, I, I had Cade Mack listed as my second, and then I had slash Brandon Peters. <laughs> <laughs> respect it i mean i'm surprised you didn't mention brandon peters at least i thought he'd he'd get a a nod shane Uh, morris uh, anyone no i i get it uh shea patterson i mean he had a two game stretch there where he looked like he was the answer but it was it was short-lived and he was at best an average starting quarterback he's good enough to win you some games not good enough to win you all games shea patterson would um some games he was just incredible, and some games he was absolutely terrible. But, you know, yep. such is life at Michigan. Yep. All right, we uh, are into reserves now. Um, I want something. I'm getting reserves. It's interesting here. You want somebody that can really help you. Like, it wouldn't make sense to go offensive line here. Um, 
I think you want someone with versatility. Give me Chris Wormley, my Toledo boy. Too good to be lasting this long in this draft, honestly. Just kind of a factor of who was ahead of him at defensive end. But he could also play defensive tackle, as we saw. Strong side, uh, weak side, defensive tackle, super versatile, team leader. My dude, Chris Wormley. Way too good to last this long. Couldn't agree more. Very, he couldn't, he just couldn't, couldn't stay on the board. He's a great team leader. He's a great complimentary piece. Excellent in stopping the run. The hardball pipeline sent him to the league. No, this is a great guy to have, especially as the defensive end depth. Makes more makes more sense to draft him than, say, Trevor Keegan here. Okay. <laughs> you got your depth filled out. I need to add one on defense. I really need a, a versatile corner safety piece. And I'm going to go with Delano Hill right here. Still in the NFL for good reason. He can play here. I can move him at safety, move Dax Hill down the corner. I can play him at corner as well. So as much as I'd love to take somebody like Andre Selden, just take a big swing here and bring in a dog like that. Again, don't get too cute. Delano Hill is a very, very good football player. Yeah, if I were going to swing, it'd probably be on Aiden Hutchinson here. Yeah. That wouldn't be that big of a swing. But you're getting a guy which you know what you're getting with Delano Hill. Uh, Positional versatility, good safety. Probably could have drafted him ahead of Daimonte Thomas or in that position. (laughs) And I don't think you would have argued that. Nope. And now that I look back on it, I'm like, probably should have gone Delano Hill, Jeremy Clark. Think on your sins, Jared. I will think on my sins. Good pickup for you. (laughs) Okay, I need a reserve player. Um, I need to match what you did with Giles Jackson and Chris Evans. So give me a guy that is purely prospect-based, but I'm all about him. You might know where I'm going with this. Blake Corum. I think that this is a dude that, I mean, we designed the first play of the year to go to him last year. The offense obviously sees something in him. And as far as just like what you look for in a running back, he's maybe the most talented. I mean, him and Donovan Edwards that we've had on our roster in years. Charbonnet. Charbonnet was super talented. Yeah, absolutely. But this guy has more speed. So, I mean, his ceiling is higher just because of that. And I think people are looking more for the game-breaking running back than the, you know, three-down back kind of guy. Charbonnet was, I mean, I think we're kind of sleeping on him a little bit. Maybe a little bit. He was a game-breaker. He was, but... uh, you know, I'm going to take what I saw from Blake. You know what? You have a point. I, I can definitely see that. And Corm's a dog, man. I'm not going to fight you too much on that. But let's finish this up with a specialist. Kicker, punter. I'm going to combine them in one human being here because this is atrocious. This is you know, not good. Do you want Blake O'Neill, who single-handedly almost gave me a heart attack? Or did he killed me? I was dead for two minutes after trouble with the snap. I like Kenny Allen. I had to watch miss kicks left. Oh, oh. Quinn Nordine? Quinn, Quinn. <laughs> the most well-documented like villain on this podcast. And, and now he's playing for Bill Belichick. He's getting his up and comments. Like this is it. This is what you get. Yeah, he deserves so, it. So I'm gonna take I don't feel good about any choice here. Like oh, we're all losers. If you're still with us at this point, God bless your soul. I'm taking freshman year Jake Moody. Oh, that was the one I was gonna take because you get to take the peak. <laughs> Yep, taking the peak of freshman. I, I almost forgot about him. Didn't even have him listed. But as I was talking about, I was like, who was like Jake Moody? Was our freshman of the year that year? Give me Jake Moody, baby. All right, I'm taking Nordine, but I get to take him. I get to take him in the in the Florida bowl game year because that was like all he did all year. So he's perfect in that year. So I'll take him in that year. But that's so calling Quinn Nordine perfect in any year is a stretch. Let's be honest. I'm pretty sure my liver just failed when I said it. 
I know. I was like, come on. Like you said, perfect in that year. Like perfect for him that year is like 75%. No, I mean, I'm, what did he kick that year? I mean, pull up Quinn Nordine's 2015 stats. Or Not 2015. Uh, 2016 stats, excuse me. That was, that was Kenny Allen still. Oh, you're right. So what year am I thinking 2017. 2017, yeah. Quinn Nordine stats. Because that was, yeah, we've, we've played Florida way too many times. I know. 17... Uh, 79%, 19 of 24. There we go. So I get 2017 Quinn Nordine. I'm not happy about it. Um, there's a good chance that I'm going to have Mo Hurst out there kicking my kicks because I don't want to play Nordine. But whatever. I'm going to give you a counter. Kenny Allen here. All right, hear me out. Kenneth Allen's wait list. Let's stop trying to church it up. Sports reference. No, Kenneth. Um, he was 82% in 2016. Wow. 19 of 23. All right. Will you let me take Kenny Allen over Nordine then? For the sake of this podcast and our friendship, yes. He also didn't miss any extra points, and Quinn Nordine did both. Yes, he did. But, I mean, Quinn Nordine, God, I'm, there's no way. Because at this point, I obviously— Defend him. Realize. Defend him, Jared. Defend Quinn Nordine right now. No, I'm not here on this podcast to defend Quinn Nordine. If anything, this podcast exists to berate him and belittle him. That's why <laughs> so we are I, still on the air. So I've talked you into Kenny Allen. Yeah, you did. Give me Kenny Allen to finish it out. So that should round us out here. All right, we're not going to break it down tonight. That was a long podcast and enough content from us for tonight, but maybe a few quick takeaways. Defensive end depth, lack of linebacker depth, and how sad quarterback has been. <laughs> Big takeaways. Uh, for me, <laughs> drop off at tight end and cornerback was big. Uh, definitely noticed that because, I mean, there was two guys there. I felt like uh, when I took Jordan Lewis, you maybe didn't panic because there's David Long, but yeah. you had to have been a little bit like, all right, if I don't get Long, trouble. Ha- had to move fast. Uh, best player not drafted. Um, best player not drafted. Who was up on my list here? Hang on. Let me pull up my list. That's a very good question. No, I'll no. give you a few names. Uh, it's going to be a defensive end. Aiden Hutchinson is on that list. Aiden Hutchinson, Mike Michael, Dana. Yep, Mike Dana is on that list. James Ross as a linebacker probably got overlooked for guys that I would I would have taken James Ross over uh, Ben Gideon or Joe Bolden. Ooh, over Gideon. Blast no, all right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. But I would Bolden, taken, I can hear your argument. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, that's one, uh, Devion Smith. We discussed a little bit who was a good player for us. Uh, what about a guy like Ben Mason or Khalid Hill? I mean, it wouldn't yeah, make ben, sense to draft him, but Ben Mason's a good one. Uh, Mikey Sainer still, I think is really could have a big season this year. Lavert Hill, his time at his junior year at Michigan was very good. Lavert Hill's a good one. Um, yeah, there's a couple guys. I mean, Devin Gill's eyebrows are still out there. Brad Hawkins, Tyree Cannell. Tyree Cannell, yeah, he's on there. There might be a guy. If there's a guy we're missing and there's still listeners here this deep into the pod, let us know. There's probably a guy we really overlooked. Mike Dwumfor is a guy. I mean, even if you're just taking him at Michigan, Mike Dwumfor was was better than Carlo Kemp. I mean, we'd rather yeah. have Dwumfor than Kemp this last season. So, Who's the worst player you have written down right now? The worst player still on my list that I have written. Yeah, um, that would probably be Brandon Peters. <laughs> Brandon Peters is on my list. So um, yeah, or um, it might be at the linebacker position with Desmond Morgan. It's, I, I think Desmond Morgan's better than Devin Gill. I think Devin Gill is so bad. He's not on my yeah, list. <laughs> yeah, 
I had Devin Gill listed. I had another bad one. Eric Magnuson tackle. Yeah, I was getting into the uh, Ben Bradens and Kyle Kalises, which weren't on my list, but then you drafted the whole offensive line, and I'm opening up tabs from 2017 like, who can I get? Kyle Kalis! No, please, God! I won't won't play Kyle Kalis. No, 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 Kyle, I broke too many remotes and embarrassed too many family members, so. No, I'd rather play Andrew Stuber than Kyle Kalis. Yeah, this was good, man. So moving forward, I think what we're going to do next week uh, we'll get back into the more of the routine, talking any sort of news that there is, but we're going to look at this more in depth, figure out who won and some takeaways from this and what this means for the Harbaugh era. <laughs> I think you nailed it, though. The uh, the quarterback. This is nothing new. This is no news that Michigan yeah. fans needed to hear here after this draft that the quarterback should not be between Jake Rudock and Shea Patterson. And we're both kind of like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, there was a there was a few eh, positions like safety and corner kind of getting those murky waters just going down three or four. Like honestly, there could have been an argument like Macari Page over Demonte Thomas. The the argument exists. <laughs> no, it that'd be a dumb argument. I'd be like he has three tackles, so I don't know what we're arguing. <laughs> How many tackles does uh? What's your uh? Who was that quarter you took? Um, Jeremy Clark. Yeah. I mean, he had six against Colorado alone. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, he was the leading tackler in the secondary. No, no, he was – Jeremy Clark's good. I don't feel bad about that pick, but there's some other ones where I'm like, eh, You almost took Junior Colson at linebacker who has not played a snap, though. Just wait. Junior Colson. <laughs> Junior Colson is so much better than Joe Bolden, it's laughable. I, you sound like uh, Luigi Valane defenders. You just wait and see. Nah. It's going to happen. Nah. I only go to bat for the players where I'm like, I have not gone to bat for a player on defense like this in a minute. Come on now. I'm That's batting, a fair point. I'm batting for Junior Colson. It's a fair point. We had some strikeouts, so we're due for another hit here. You know, no more spider Dude. sims out there. Yeah, that's true. But I didn't, I mostly was like, dope name. <laughs> I hope he's good. Junior Colson, I'm like, oh, he's good. I hope you're right. I am right. It's going to be fun. All right, brother. This was a ton of fun. It was so good to see you after uh, a long hiatus. We'll be back at it a little bit more normal here. Moving forward, that's going to do it for Out of the Blue. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple Music, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Follow us on Twitter at Maze Brew. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.